0: so, you can enjoy the tiny bits that matter most.
1: Want your boss to put some real action behind the rhetoric when they talk about making your workplace more inclusive? Find out how to hold their feet to the fire and demand diversity on the Diversity Dude Podcast.
2: Hello again, and welcome back to the Diversity Dude Podcast. I'm your host, Lambert Fisher. and family therapist award-winning author and national speaker on the topic of multicultural awareness and diversity and for those of you who are interested in even more positive and encouraging tips and strategies beyond what i share in podcasts like this then feel free to check out my award winning book diversity in clinical practice nationally recognized for the unique way in which it addresses the often difficult topic of multicultural awareness and diversity designed for more than just therapists if you're a helping professional in any way Diversity in clinical practice can help you meet the greatest variety of cultural needs possible for those whom you serve, and it's available in paper and audiobook versions for your convenience. And whether it be through my one on one relationship building efforts as a therapist or my informing and empowering efforts as an author speaker, know that my personal mission is to do my part to improve the world one strengthened relationship at a time. So today, I want to share with you a few encouraging words and perspectives on culturally competent mental health care. In case you weren't already aware, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as with many established awareness months, the goal is to bring awareness to something that is valued by many and underappreciated by so many others. Having been a licensed marriage and family therapist for over 20 years, I have a particular appreciation for the benefits of quality mental health care. However, that appreciation didn't come after I obtained a degree or became a licensed therapist, nor did it originate from a desire to diagnose or medicate that's not the focus my appreciation instead came in my younger years and contributed to why I became a therapist in the first place let me explain like so many have experienced my parents divorce when I was a child and what was not so common however was the fact that my response to this devastation was to search and investigate every intact marriage relationship I could find so that I could learn how to eventually have a lasting marriage relationship of my own over time I realized how few lasting marriage relationships there were for me to learn from, whether looking at my close family, extended family, or anywhere in my community. Second, though, I began to learn how many people were searching for the same thing for their own. But so many life difficulties in this already difficult challenge um, found made things more difficult. The closest commonly accepted solution that I could find, though, when people are in need, they seek support from their faith community. Uh, Unfortunately, even while I shared this faith community with so many people, while many faith leaders who I respect and love to this day had great intentions and often had some great gems and supportive advice to help in so many different areas of life, I learned that the support that they provided was encouraging and had many benefits, but didn't always address many of the contributing factors influencing individual and relationship decision making. And that's when I discovered not only the field of psychology to help people understand themselves and others well, but also the field of marriage and family therapy, which had a licensure path forward that could teach me how to have a healthy and balanced individual life and bring that individual growth to a lasting marriage relationship. The only catch, though, was that in learning how to do it myself, I was expected to help others learn the same things along the way. That seemed like a reasonable deal to me, and I've considered it an honor to have been welcomed into vulnerable relationship struggles over the past 20 years, helping people find the progress and the growth that they needed. All that being said, despite how beneficial I've learned quality mental health care to be over time, I've grown in my awareness not only of how cautious most people are to seeking mental health support and the stigma associated with it for various reasons, but also the unique additional caution individuals from underrepresented cultural groups have toward mental health care. In general, people have long been cautious about mental health care for a variety of reasons. Sometimes it's because of the belief that obtaining professional mental health care is a sign of weakness, or that something's wrong with you if you can't figure things out for yourself. This has always struck me as kind of odd because People are willing to go to the doctor, their primary care physician, when their efforts to manage their physical health difficulties get too hard to handle on their own. And even those who are still cautious by going to a doctor or to a hospital, they still be open to seeing a professional personal trainer when their at-home exercise efforts don't achieve the physical health goals they would like. Similarly, mental health care isn't for those who are weak or broken. No, just like our physical health can benefit from from personal efforts as well as professional efforts at certain times in our lives, we can all benefit from personal as well as professional efforts to manage our mental health at various times in our lives as well, including helping us to effectively manage the way we think and feel so that we can live our best lives the way we would like to, rather than letting instantaneous reactions to circumstances and everything that contributes to such dictate our lives which then leads to the other consideration that individuals from various underrepresented cultural groups often feel that these cautions and more get in the way due to the fact that in addition to not wanting to be diagnosed or told that we're weak or broken in some way which again is not the goal many people feel that therapy just isn't for us referring to the fact that most often uh, people of color don't feel that they are represented through the professionals they, they seek care from Just one of the reasons this is the case is because that less than 14% of mental health professionals available are from uh, racial or ethnic minority backgrounds, which means that even if someone took the risk of seeking mental health support to overcome their latest life challenge and they hoped to find someone who looked like them or otherwise shared their cultural background, they would have a statistically difficult time even finding one. Not only that, but due to these small percentages, even if they found one, their schedule would likely be full, since there are only so many hours in a day or a week, and many of the other profession, uh, the individuals, couples, and families would be seeking and reserving time on those schedules already, and the options would be limited. This leaves people with the risk of seeking support from someone who is culturally different and risk cultural misunderstandings at best and cultural offenses at worst. Recognizing this risk, many mental health professionals in this 86% who are, who are remaining who genuinely seek to do no harm but are not confident in their ability to avoid un, even unintentional cultural offenses respectfully decline new clients from culturally different backgrounds. And while this admittedly looks very bad, it's often motivated by the belief that denying health care is better than providing hurtful or offensive health care, even by mistake. And while I appreciate the Cautious consideration is not a sustainable plan moving forward. This dilemma of cautious clients alongside of cautious mental health professionals is what drives the recent increase in efforts to train mental health professionals in how to provide culturally competent mental health care. And culturally competent mental health care is exactly what it sounds like. While not being a separate service in and of itself, it's an intentional effort to equip mental health professionals with the tools and insights that will help them provide quality mental health care that they already do, but in a way that is flexible and adaptable to the unique cultural needs and experiences of the individuals, couples, and families that they're serving from a variety of different cultural backgrounds. By the way, this is exactly the reason why I created my Diversity Mason for Training. I've been Pleasantly surprised by how many professionals who are skilled in what they do that have had the honor of training, who have admitted that they've always wanted to be able to provide their service to whoever has a need, to everyone, but genuinely didn't know how to do so effectively and were afraid to even try. After the trainings that I provide, while they still don't claim to know everything, for good reason, uh, they knew now how to provide culturally competent support for a greater variety of people, helping everyone they encounter, not just the people who look or sound like them or come from the same background, feel culturally seen, heard, and understood, no matter their backgrounds, similarities, or differences. And then they knew enough that they to know that they would always need to learn more along the way. Although there's admittedly a lot more that I'd love to share with you about providing and finding culturally competent mental health care and some of the reasons why it's difficult to do such. And I'll likely do so in an upcoming podcast. Uh, Let me leave you with this today. My hope for you is that if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed internally with your own thoughts or feelings or externally with your relationships with significant others, kids, parents, extended family, on the job or beyond then consider taking the risk of seeking support from a culturally competent mental health professional. Not because you're weak or broken, no, that's not the point, but because you wanna do whatever is within your power to take care of the one mind and the one body that you have and to live your best life possible. And while finding someone who shares your cultural background is a great option when you can find it, if that's not an available option for you at the moment, then consider, at the very least, a culturally competent professional that is available, even though they may not look like you, that still might be a great fit, maybe even better than you expect. And if the person you find doesn't know what being a culturally competent professional means, then before you move on to the next available person, feel free to send that person to me. I'd love to help them be ready for the next person who is in need so that they can help as many people as possible and everyone else can find the help that they need. And with that, I'll say thanks again for listening to the Diversity to Do podcast. If you have any pressing diversity-related questions that you'd like me to address on an upcoming podcast, or if your organization is in need of a shame-free and empowering guest speaker or training on this often-sensitive and difficult topic, feel free to reach out to me directly at www.diversitymadesimple.com. And if you know of anyone else who could benefit from an encouraging perspective on this often-difficult topic, feel free to send them a link to this podcast or share with them my award-winning book, Diversity in Clinical Practice, available on Amazon.com. And as usual, I look forward to addressing as many topics as possible and and as many future podcasts as possible to help you improve as many relationships as possible at work, at home, and in your community. And as always, remember this. You don't need to know everything about everyone in order to have a positive impact on someone. Thank you all for tuning in and have a great day.
1: Tune in each week and find out how to demand and implement diversity at your job. To hear more, check out previous Diversity Dude shows on laugh.com. Hi, I'm Shaletta Brundage. I'm a media personality, podcaster, and a business owner. But my most important role is mom. Three of my beautiful kids have been diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder. When I didn't know who to trust or where to turn, I found Adam. ACRA provides home care services to families all over Minnesota. The care is not one size fits all. They know each one of my kids is unique. They listen to what resources we needed and what's best for our family. I've seen my kids grow and thrive with ACRA's in-home care. While autism is the most common diagnosis among ACRA clients, ACRA offers personalized in-home care services for people with disabilities, chronic illnesses, behavioral diagnosis, and mental illness. They work with children, adolescents, and older folks too. Find out more about ACRA at their website, acrahomecare.org. ACRA helps me provide my kids with a better quality of life. They can do it for your family too.
3: When I walked across that stage at my high school graduation, I was excited but confused about my next step. Then I walked through the doors at Doherty Family College. Doherty Family College is part of the University of St. Thomas. It's a two-year college that lets you earn an associate's degree and puts you on the path to your bachelor's degree. Classes are small, so I have a personal relationship with professors committed to my success. Like the name says, they treat us like family. They call us scholars because they believe we could do anything we put our minds to. They set us up for excellence with free tutoring, and that's not the only thing that's free laptops books even breakfast and lunch and bus fare that's part of the package here at doherty family college it's even free to apply so do like i did go to dfc.stthomas.edu and set up a tour we'd be excited to welcome you to our family here at doherty family college
4: you know shaletta makes you laugh but did you know shaletta brundage can also make you think Maybe you've reached a turning point, or maybe you feel like you're ready for your next chapter. Work with a banker who understands the resources, expertise, and innovative thinking that it takes to make your business success story a reality. Work with Bremer Bank, because understanding is everything. Put us to work for you today at bremer.com. When it comes to deciding what gets recycled or what doesn't, you don't have to be confused. Ramsey County makes it easy to drop off the right items at the right locations without a lot of extra work. And it's free. Um, yard waste, check. Household hazardous waste, you bet. Food scraps, those too. Unwanted medicine, we take it. Old electronics, bring them by. Household recycling, you know it. Learn what items you can dispose of and wear at RamseyRecycles.com. Because in Ramsey County, recycling is for everyone.
1: At General Mills, our table is your table, and we believe racial equity, diversity, and inclusion are key ingredients for our success. Learn more about our work to inspire change at GeneralMills.com forward slash racial equity.